We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Part two of the DFS OGs podcast, talking everything week 14, talking about those cheap running backs. We'll get an update on Chop's season-long team, as always, and we'll answer some user questions after we break down the remaining games, five afternoon games remaining on the main slate, Sunday night and Monday night football, as always. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Chris Beermaker, Stan Prince, joined, as always, by my fellow OGs, notorious head chopper, Boys, how we doing? Chop, how was that Chinese food? <laughs> I can still smell it. I can still smell it, man. <laughs> oh, we'll get a little peek into the behind the curtain here. We just record part one and part two at the same time. So Chop's still waiting on that Chinese food, but we're going to get you the info you need to know. Derek, how we doing, brother? Yeah, doing good. Excited for part two. I'm excited for the holidays. Uh, snowed about a foot here uh, over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to. All right, well, let's get started with one of those value running backs we talked about to end part one, the great Jeff Wilson Jr. Chop, I want to start with you. You're our college football expert, so so give us some tape, give us some info here on Wilson Jr., a guy they clearly trust, a guy they're going to throw the ball to a ton. Is he a must-play this weekend at 3,800? Uh, he certainly looks the part right now, like – just look, I was I was shocked when I looked at that and saw he played 72% of the snaps last week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one that's one of the guys you got to – you can turn your attention to here if you believe in it. Now, he did come back in the game after he hurt his foot. So, they're saying he's questionable, but I think that's just all window dressing. Yeah, I mean, Brietta's already been ruled out. This guy played the snaps last week. Uh, I'm sure they'll activate uh, Alfred Morris – and um, maybe take a, a little and spell him, but I wouldn't expect that to be that big of a deal. I think, yeah, I think you fire this guy. This is a really – especially on DraftKings here where it's PPR and this guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. So that's definitely one of the guys you got to have in your cash game. It's weird because he's only $200 cheaper than Ware was last week and we saw what Ware did to us, but I would expect this guy to be a little bit, a little bit more productive. This offense doesn't have the same weapons as a Kelsey and – Tyreek Hill and stuff so I think I think he'll be a focal point of this passing game for this you know undrafted quarterback so I think that's where you go but and then Pettis had the big game last week too so uh that's interesting Pettis that's two weeks in a row that he's been the guy when two weeks ago it was 
Kendrick Bourne that everybody thought was going to be the guy. I'm assuming Garcon and Goodwin are out. If they're not, then obviously you, you change up all that stuff. But, yeah, Kittle, Wilson, I think those are the only two guys I have interest in anyway for San Francisco. Denver, another one of those teams that is on the verge of a playoff berth. They're playing really well. Their losses were really close. They've won some important games here lately. I think these guys are all in play. Philip Lindsay will be much more popular this week. Uh, pr price tag rose a little bit. Not enough probably to get you off of him if you like him. But I have more interest in the passing game here. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is going to have a big game. I could see Cortland Sutton having a good game. And I can't do much worse. Matt Lacoste can't do much worse for me than he did last week with the big fat zero. So maybe this is the week he actually catches a pass for me. What a bomb. Big old zero against <laughs> Cincinnati. It don't get any better than that matchup. How, how many guys have busted against Cincinnati as a tight end? Somebody earlier in the season was in a plush. And Joku, who we talked about in part one, didn't he beggle yeah. against Cincinnati? Oh, Lacoste, you're killing me. But, yeah, I like going back. This, this game is very intriguing, Chop. You brought up about nine guys, and I think the under-the-radar thing, Chris Harris injured for Denver. I think that's obviously a, a yeah. big, big boom to the San Francisco passing game. And if everybody's going to be on Wilson, you know, I don't mind going back to this passing game here. So maybe not Mullins, but the Pettis has looked good. So, Derek, thoughts here? A lot to get to in this game, Denver and 49ers. Yeah, even though this one has a low total, it has a lot of fantasy appeal due to all the injuries. Uh, I'm going to be locking in Jeff Wilson Jr. Don't know a ton about him, but I know that uh, they're saying he's going to get the bulk of the work. He looked good last week, including nine targets, caught eight of them for 73 yards. Uh, Denver has a pretty decent pass defense overall, so I do expect him to get a lot of dump-offs. And anytime we get these cheap running backs, I just lock them in uh, and then build from there, especially when it comes to cash games. Uh, as far as the rest of the Niners, I think this could be a Kittle game. You know, everyone's going to see the big games from Pettis, but he's only had uh, 14 targets over the last two weeks. He's just found the end zone three times. So, yeah, I'll go with Kittle uh, as a low-owned sleeper in tournaments. And then Denver, I agree with Chop. I think everyone's going to look to Lindsey. Uh, I certainly think he's incredibly talented. That long run he had just looks like he got shot out of a cannon. I mean, he's so fast, so explosive. But he still only played 42% of the snaps last week, only had one target. So... He's, he's relying on incredible efficiency. If that doesn't come through this week, then uh, we could see a down game. And if he's going to be popular, I think he makes a nice fade. Uh, like the Sanders call, like the Sutton call. And I, I had the Lacoste bagel as well. Uh, but he did play 80% of the snaps. And you know, tight end has been such a wasteland this season that you can afford having a zero from your tight end. It doesn't kill you. Uh, paying down to the position helps you pay up at some of the other spots. So yeah, I don't mind going back to Lacoste at 2700 Take a zero and get your price bumped up $200. <laughs> but Todd Gurley puts up 30 and his price goes down. So, DraftKings, I love you. Just messing with you. A very intriguing <laughs> game, though. L love this spot for both these teams. So, I think this one will fly under the radar, guys. But, you know, we nailed on a lot of guys there. Uh, I think this could even be a stackable game. So, let's move on, though. Cincinnati and the Chargers, our next game here on the main slate. Derek, this one, I think Melvin Gordon is the story here. You know, we're not sure as of this recording if he's going to be back. They're saying he may be back. So let's pretend he's in there. What do we do with Melvin Gordon? Because on one hand, they're big home favorites. On the other hand, you got to think they, they learned their lesson from last time. And if they're up big, they're not going to play this guy, especially with the emergence of Justin Jackson and then covered from the other end. If Gordon's out, you want Eckler? Do you want Jackson? Do you want both? Passing game? What do we do here? Because it's Cincinnati, 
a lot of ways we can go with the Chargers. Yeah, pure speculation on my part, but I highly doubt they're going to play Gordon this week. 14-point favorites. Sorry, what's that? I said that's what I think, too. I mean, I don't see why they would play him, but want to cover all the bases here. Yeah, I mean, 14-point favorites at home. Even if he is active, I don't think I'll go there. Uh, But if he is out, then I will go back to Eckler. Uh, Good call by you guys on Justin Jackson, by the way. Um, You guys said to play him in that showdown slate last week on the pod, so good call on that. But uh, I still prefer Eckler. He saw the bulk of the snaps uh, last week, 78% snap rate, 13 carries, eight targets. He just kind of ran bad, uh, didn't get a whole lot going. So uh, I would go right back to Eckler. The price bump is a little concerning. But uh, Keenan Allen should be, you know, firmly in play once again. Uh, Ever since he complained about not getting enough targets, he's just getting peppered with targets each and every week. He's had 38 over the last three, and he has had 24, 20, and 40 fantasy points during that stretch. So I like those guys. Um, as far as the other receivers for the Chargers, it's kind of just tough. Uh, you know, Tyrell played 50 snaps last week. Uh, Mike Williams played 34. Benjamin played 28. So they're kind of splitting the work after Keenan Allen. So for me, I'll probably just be avoiding them. And then Rivers don't really want to play him in a game where they may not uh, be forced to air it out a whole lot. So, yeah, not a ton uh, that I like on the Chargers outside of the running back. Um, if it ends up being Eckler, be getting the start. And then for Cincinnati – Pretty much just a fade for me. Uh, I like the Chargers defense in this one. Yeah, I mean, the Jeff Driscoll experience plays on here. A.J. Green obviously out for the year, so tough to get excited about the Bengals. So, chop Melvin Gordon if he's in, yes or no, and then those running backs. Is it Eckler or Jackson for you? Uh, It would be a no on Melvin Gordon even if he's active. I just can't imagine that they're going to push him even if he's active. But I'm with – I'm of the sentiment, like you two guys said, I just think that if I could find a sports book that would give me odds on him not playing, then I would I'd load up on him not playing. There's just I just, there's no way, not against Cincinnati, not at home. They're a 14-point favorite. I don't think they push him. So uh, if that's the case, I'll go to Eckler here. Uh, Justin Jackson had a great Monday night game, but like Derek said, he got doubled, doubled up in touches and – uh, like four to one snaps in favor of Eckler. J- Jackson just made it count more. So, but I'll go back to Austin Eckler in this game. Uh, and I uh, actually like Keenan Allen. This is Keenan Allen's time of year now. This is what he does: kind of loafs around in the first half and then lights it up in the second half. And he's on he's on that trajectory again. So, I'll fire up some Keenan Allen in this game. And on the flip side, I have probably a little bit more interest in Cincy, even though it's a low team total. I think they, they have to get the ball to somebody. I think it's going to be Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green out now. I think Tyler Boyd – like a few weeks ago, people were running and trampling over each other to play Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green out. Now he's kind of the forgotten guy. Well, they'll be passing in this game starting in the first quarter. They can't – that'll be it. They'll be down in the first quarter. They'll be constantly passing, and they got to get it to somebody. I think he, I think he eats up some garbage time here, so I'll take some Tyler Boyd. All right, moving on. Next game, NFC East, Philadelphia. Chop, your boys, the Cowboys, continue their role here. Uh, so they get a home tilt here with the Eagles. Obviously, Philly, you know, life is on the line here. Dallas can, can pretty much punch their ticket or close to it with a win here. So what do we do with Dallas? Is it same old, same old? A lot of Ezekiel Elliott uh, pass on the rest? Are you interested in that passing game? And then Philadelphia, we know, split a lot of wins and a lot of Ertz. Adams, not such not such a big game last night. So, can you go back to that well? But an intriguing game here, Chop. 
What do you think, Philadelphia and Dallas? This is absolutely one of those games Dallas has classically lost over the years. Like, they look good coming off a big win, and then they just fall flat on, on their face against against a team like Philly. So, ooh, this is hard to trust them. But, yeah, they're, they're a two-man show on offense between Elliott and Cooper. El, Elliott uh, is obviously the guy everybody will turn to. But I think Cooper, the last time these two teams played, Dallas pulled the upset, but Cooper didn't do anything against a beat-up secondary. Kind of left a sour taste in people's mouth. But now he's at home. The weeks, every single week, he just gets a little bit better and a little bit more adept with the system. Man, I think he could have a big game here. I think he could have a huge game with Elliott drawing, you know, once again, if they play fake it, I keep telling them, play fake, man. Play action. <laughs> you get some, something done here, man. But uh, I think Cooper can beat them long here. So I love Cooper. You can always play Elliott. Gallup's almost caught home run touchdowns in back-to-back games. So Gallup's another guy in GPPs you could just throw a dart at, especially on FanDuel where you're not worried about the point per reception. You just want a long play out of your receiver who's cheap. Uh, on the other side, the Eagles went to to uh, Ertz as a connection. Ertz crushed him in that first game. I expect him to – they don't have an answer for him, I don't think, again. So Ertz, uh, again, Josh Adams will be a little bit more prevalent in this game. So I think that's your three-headed guys. The – Tate looked better on the Monday night game. Looked like he's getting more into the flow, so maybe you could play that angle too, but it's tough to trust the wide receivers on this team because there's so many of them. Yeah, I mean, Golden Tate at 4,800 is appealing, but that Dallas defense has been legit, especially at home. We just saw him shut out New Orleans, or shut down New Orleans, I should say. So tough to get excited about Philadelphia, honestly, Derek, outside of Earths for me, but Dallas is intriguing. Is it Zeke for you, or is it, you know, an Amari Cooper, maybe Dak Prescott game here? Yeah, three and a half point spread. That sure feels uh, a little low. Feels a little uh, fishy. Uh, maybe Chop's low. right. <laughs> maybe Chop's <laughs> right about them, uh, you know, losing these games. But, uh, yeah, I don't love a lot on Philly. You mentioned, you know, Dallas has been playing some great defense all year. I uh, don't really want to trust Wentz or any of his receivers. Uh, the backfield's just a mess, especially now that Darren Sproles is back. Zach Ertz is fine, but I think you can get, you know, double-digit targets uh, for a little bit cheaper with Ebron at tight end, uh, better matchup as well. So not a ton of interest for the Eagles. And then on the Cowboys, uh, like Chop said, it's a two-man show. I love Zeke Elliott. Over the last four weeks, he's had 40, 36, 28, and 26 fantasy points. Uh, he's had 10 days rest since they played last Thursday against the Saints. I think it's a good spot for him. Uh, Cooper, he's caught 16 of his last 17 targets, uh, had um, – you know, pretty two pretty good games in a row uh, going up against a very beatable Eagles secondary. And I know we go game by game, but I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the running back position. Uh, who are you prioritizing in terms of the superstars? Because we got a lot of good value with the position. And then uh, we have McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, and Kamara uh, all kind of fighting for that top spot. For me, it's McCaffrey on top, but it's close. I mean, you can make an argument for any of these guys as number one. Kamara's cheaper. Zeke at home in a good spot. Uh, Barkley, again, we know has been a monster. But McCaffrey for me. Chop, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a savings and probably have more Kamara than, than any of the other guys. There you go. But you're right, Derek. A lot of people are going to play these value running backs. We're going to get to another one, and I think that'll be the, the common build. So – you know, two of those guys and a stud running back, you know, maybe you load up a couple stud running backs. We know that's been the key to winning some of these tournaments this week. So that value just, just makes things very, very intriguing here. All right, let's go to the toilet bowl here. Detroit and Arizona. We talk about a lot of teams 
in contention for the playoffs. These two teams are fighting for the number one pick or top five pick. So, Derek, what do we got here? I mean, Arizona's defense is about the only thing that I'm seeing that I want to play in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. The only offensive player from Detroit that, you know, really scares an opposing defense is Kenny Galladay. He's probably going to get matched up against Patrick Peterson. So uh, I like Arizona's defense a little bit. Don't really want to play anyone from Detroit. I feel like this is a good spot for David Johnson, right? 6,500, really good price point. Um, going up against the Lions, I know they got Snacks Harrison and their you know run defense has been improved, but Todd Gurley showed that you, know, you could certainly overcome this matchup. Uh, they're not very good against pass catching running backs. So, I mean, it feels like a David Johnson game, but they have nothing to play for, so I don't really know what I want to do with him yet. Probably fire him up in tournaments and avoid him in cash games. And Chris Kirk, or Christian Kirk uh, on the IR uh, looks like, you know, maybe Trent Sherfield's going to get some snaps. Uh, he's min on the minimum salary on, <laughs> on DraftKings. <laughs> Who the hell did you just say? You made that name up, man. Come on. Well, I mean, so uh, last week he got hurt. Uh, instead of going to J.J. Nelson, uh, they went to Trent Sherfield. Uh, Min salary saw three targets, caught one of them for 21 yards. So if you need a super uh, deep flyer in the Millionaire Maker, uh, maybe give him a look. There you go. Chop, why are they trolling us with Chase Edmonds? Two touchdowns. What's Chase up Ed- with that? That was crazy stuff, man. What's going on there? Unbelievable. So thoughts here, Lions and Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Derek pretty much. I, I don't have a lot of interest for Detroit on the road here. I will, you know, I think Galladay gets shadowed here by Peterson. That's not good. And that's their really only – with on Johnson probably not playing again, uh, that's their only weapon I would even entertain, and that's a shadow job that I don't want. So that would leave me with a little David Johnson on the other side. Um, I could play David Johnson. He hadn't produced in these good matchups either this year, but maybe I could, maybe I could be talked into a little old man Fitzgerald, but that's about it. Yeah, let's, let's move on from that one. Let's go to Pittsburgh and Oakland, the other big value running back that everybody's going to be talking about this week, Jalen Samuels Chop. Very familiar with him from his college days because he was basically a running back that you could roster at tight end back in the day. And we know college tight ends are hard to get production out of. So always holds a special place in my heart. Now gets the opportunity here against the Oakland Raiders. Basically the same spot Spencer Rivers in. Same conditions, basically about the same price, 3700 Where's your interest level in Jalen Samuels? And also, oddly enough, on Yahoo Fantasy, he's uh, listed as a tight end. Huh? That's, that's, that's quite yeah, the coincidence. There's a little battle going on between Yahoo yeah. Fantasy and ESPN Fantasy taking jabs at each other out there. So oh, it's kind of, oh. kind of entertaining. A little, oh. little bad blood under, under the radar there, but pretty funny stuff. But, yeah, if you, if you pick him up on Yahoo – and you can play him at tight end. We know tight end's been a dumpster fire all year. So lock and load. But here on DraftKings, 3,700, yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, you you got to play him. I mean, <laughs> it's Oakland, and you're versus Oakland, and you're the Pittsburgh running back. And it's just been proven here that it kind of doesn't – with this kind of a system, listen, I'm a, I'm a running back truther, but only the elite guys, I, you know, Saquon's and – Ezekiel's and the guys you can't replace so easy are the guys I absolutely want to, you know, take precedent over. But these other guys, uh, plug anybody into this Pittsburgh system and they're probably going to be good. My only question would be, you know, 
exactly how many snaps is this guy going to get. They do have Steven Ridley that hasn't played much, but that's only because they've been plenty deep enough with running back already. I'm a little bit, just a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger in a lock button fashion because we just don't know. And um, I don't know, man. So, yeah, but in cash games, you absolutely have to have him on there. Just like Spencer Ware last week, though, there's reason to uh, there's reason to fade him a little bit in tournaments, at least not lock him in. So there's that. But I think I think uh, rather than I think Jalen Sam, if he falls into the end zone, he's going to have a great game. That's fine. But if he doesn't, it's going to be a it's going to be a Spencer Ware type of game where you're just not super stoked about it. What I am super stoked about, I think Antonio Brown and Juju have a big game. I think that you know Connor being out is a big blow. They rely more on the passing game here. I think those two guys go crazy. So I'm I'm more on the passing game here in tournaments than than rather than Samuels. And on the flip side, Oakland is Oakland. They they're terrible. Marcel Aitman looks fine. You could play him. They didn't raise the price on him, but that's about the only guy. Would you play Steven Ridley at all? Thirty three hundred. I on DraftKings in tournaments, I think there's some room there. Yeah. I think that if they end up passing a lot and he's gonna be a pass catcher. Or we just don't know the exact role that Sam – it's not like, you know, any of these guys have exceeded like 50% of the snaps at any – we just don't know. Connor has been there the whole year. So we just don't know how they're going to play it out, man. So, um, I don't know. I, I think there's merit to it in tournaments, yeah. Can only pick one guy. Just, just let's say at a tournament. Jeff Wilson Jr. or Jalen Samuels? Jalen Samuels. All right. Derek, same question to you to lead it off. Wilson or Samuels in a tournament? Well, I can play both, so I'm going to play both. Oh, you can. I'm making the rules here, and you can only play one. Uh, I will go with Jalen Samuels because I like his pass-catching upside. Uh, you guys mentioned, yeah, he played tight end in college uh, at times and uh, just a ton of catches. And if you look at just uh, the very small sample from this season, he has 12 rushing attempts, seven catches. Uh, meanwhile, Ridley has 18 rushes, only four, only three catches. So I do think he's going to be the preferred option here. I know he's going to be heavily owned, but uh, maybe people will want to pay up at running back. You know, there's a lot of good uh, options to pay up for, so maybe people will be forced to pick between Samuels and uh, Jeff Wilson. Uh, I'll have both of them in my lineups. I think it's a really good spot. I think it's a good spot for the Pittsburgh onslaught. I know Ben hasn't been great on the road throughout his career, uh, but, you know, this year they've kind of broken down his road splits by uh, time of the game, and I can't remember exactly, but I think it's the 1 p.m. Eastern times that uh, road games that he struggles in. Uh, I'll have to double-check that. But either way, it's the Raiders, so we can throw all that out the window. Uh, you can pair him up with Samuels. You can pair him up with uh, you know one of his receivers as well. Uh, just do the full onslaught. I kind of did that last week uh, with the Chiefs against the Raiders. Unfortunately, I just picked the wrong uh, receiving option. I ended up going with Hill over Kelsey. But, yeah, got to love the Steelers here. Uh, no issue with any of them. I think you can even play Vance McDonald, who has uh, 12 targets over the last couple games. He's always a good red zone threat. For Oakland, I just don't know what they're doing. I mean, we had Gruden trying to challenge a play with less than two minutes left in that half. <laughs> that <laughs> was funny. He looked confused. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I don't get I mean, Doug Martin and Jordy Nelson are still getting a ton of work uh, for no reason at this point. So, I don't really want to play anyone from Oakland. So we love to break some news on the pod, and we know that Oakland loves guys that are washed. So we'll, we'll cover two birds and one stone here. Oakland brings in and signs running back C.J. Anderson. Add him to the mix. Any thoughts there? Obviously, we can't play him this week, but any intrigue there moving forward, Derek? 
No. Stop. <laughs> no, no, no. Just no, say, no. just making sure. Just making sure here. I'm with you. I, that you would talk about best ball fails. CJ Anderson as killing my portfolio. So to see him land in Oakland, only fitting. But that'll wrap up the main slate. Let's move on, guys. Sunday night football. Got one hell of a game here. The Rams going to Chicago, two of the better teams in the NFC. Definitely both contenders here. Should get Mitchell Trubisky back, so we don't have pricing as usual. So let's just cover the game in general, Derek. Rams, Bears, what do you got? It's going to sound weird, but I think it's a game where you play both kickers. Uh, We have two good defenses that kind of, you know, bend but don't break, uh, and we have two offenses that can move the ball. So uh, maybe these defenses, uh, you know, stiffen up a little bit in the red zone. I do think the kickers are viable. Uh, Just going to have to wait and see with Trubisky. If he ends up playing, I'll like him quite a bit. Uh, The Rams haven't been great against, uh, you know, the opposing passing games. If not, Chase Daniels should be pretty cheap and viable. Uh, And these showdown sites, quarterbacks are always viable. Uh, Gurley, obviously going to be the guy you want to pay up for. Uh, But I like uh, Taylor Gabriel quite a bit. He's been getting, you know, a number of targets. He gets some deep shots and some short targets, which gives him pretty high floor, high ceiling. Uh, we have Trey Burton, and then uh, obviously the Rams receivers are going to be pretty solid. I seem to always uh, play Woods over Cooks. Uh, not really sure why that is, but, but uh, I always seem to give him the edge. So uh, I'll do that once again this week. And if you're playing the full week slate, Todd Gurley, third highest price running back. He's 8800 on DraftKings. So, Chop, where do you land on Gurley if you're playing that slate? He's cheaper than McCaffrey, cheaper than Barkley. Has he better play than both those guys at 8800 Hmm. Good question. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, but this is a this is a showdown slate, so you know I'm not gonna bore you with all the details of Gurley and Woods and Cooks, and they're all in play. And Trubisky, if he plays, that's a, that's my preferred quarterback. But rather that, I'll just give you the guy that you know. At some point, you gotta kind of play a guy that you're not super comfortable with, a little bit cheaper, but probably a little bit lower ownership. And that guy for me is Anthony Miller in this game. There you go. Quick to the point. There Let's move go. on. Like Chinese. Stanford. I got smelling that Chinese food yeah, still. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get to the egg rolls here. I don't, I don't like them. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Chop finishes up. Monday night, Viking Seahawks. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Super solid game here, uh, but uh, I'm glad it's a showdown and and we can really dip into it and watch it and, and with – because as far as being on main slate fantasy appeal, there's not there's nothing there for me. Seattle is just so run heavy. Again, we like a broken broken record. We say it every week. Russell Wilson just not passing enough, just not enough attempts. Super efficient when he does, but just not enough. Don't think it changes a whole lot this week. All those guys are in play, but this is a pass happy team right here. I mean, it's a run heavy team. 
On the flip side, Minnesota's kind of the exact opposite. They want to pass it a lot with Cousins, Thielen, and Diggs. Uh, if I'm going to choose a breakout candidate for this game, it's going to be Dalvin Cook, though. There you go. Derek, final thoughts here. Monday Night Football, Seattle and Minnesota. Yeah, give the rock to Dalvin. He deserves more touches. Uh, only had nine carries last week, but broke off 84 yards. Also had 10 targets, which uh, was nice to see. Um, so, yeah, I like Dalvin quite a bit as my captain. Then the rest of the guys don't really trust Seattle's backfield. Uh, maybe take a shot on Doug Baldwin. He'll be the lowest owned uh, of those receivers there. He scored two touchdowns the last three weeks. And you can play the defenses, uh, especially Seattle, since uh, Minnesota does like to air it out. We kind of like to play those defenses that are going to be facing a bunch of uh, pass attempts. All right, quick and to the point. I like it. But without the pricing, hard to break down those from the showdown slate. But both look like great games in the NFC. Uh, definitely games you're going to want to tune into. Uh, hopefully we can uh, put some money on those showdown slates. So, guys, any final thoughts on the football before we answer a few user questions here? Stop. Nah, just uh, it's a big slate, man. We're back to the the normal, no bye weeks, no Thanksgiving Day games. It's big, so I like it. It's there's a lot more choices, and just got to choose wisely. Derek, final thoughts for week fourteen football related. We're getting to that time of year where we can start crossing off a couple teams uh, each week that have nothing to play for. Uh, so you definitely don't want to be playing, uh, you know, some of those veteran players on teams with nothing to play for that are going to start playing their younger guys. So just keep an eye on that moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, teams that are in the playoff hunt, teams that have something to play for, obviously should be at the top of your list. So, you know, it seems like a, an easy concept, but some people forget about that when playing DFS. All right, let's answer some questions here. This is about a three-parter. So, Derek, we'll start with you. What's the most overrated stat that you think messes up roster construction? From Aaron on Twitter. Oh, that's a good one. Um... I already know Chop's answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say carries, I guess, just because they don't really uh, apply all that much on DraftKings, so I'll say carries. Huh? Chop, don't let no, me know I'm, here. I, I'm not. I'm, I know you are, I know what you want me to say, <laughs> but I, yeah, I can't do that because there's one that's even more overrated that, that, I have to, that I have to, and I've said it before, but wide receiver cornerback matchup charts so overrated i mean i get it you you know in the in the case of shadowing guys yes it matters i don't want the peterson matchup i don't want the jalen but everybody else they move around so much these days and cornerbacks just because you see the guy's name next to the cornerback's name and you just assume that's 100 percent, these guys are going to be locked up all day long it doesn't work like that it's so overrated don't let that uh you know, shy you away from uh, a receiver just because you see a bad matchup. But that matchup's only really going to take place about 35% of the time on the field. All right. We always give the edge to the corner. I never understood that. It's always, mm -hmm. oh, he's going to get shut down. Well, the, the guy on the other side's pretty damn good too. So why is it we always avoid those matchups? So like that call. All right, part two of the question. What's the best type of GPP game or what's your favorite type? I mean, is there something that stands out that you guys like to play? Chop. Like, are we talking about contest selection? Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, every week I look in the lobby and I want something that uh, – I want a balanced payout with um, uh, two times, you know, a double up if I min cash. I could, you know, I don't want a 1.6 times my money if I min cash. I don't want 
uh, 25% of the prize pool going to first place. Give me like around 10% to first place, trickle it down nice and even. That's what I'm looking for every week when I look out there. There's not a lot out there. You have to really choose wisely, but you, you sometimes you'll find some, and that, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, we got tools and plugins and things that can help you with, with your selections of that, but I agree. You know, the, the flat payouts, uh, I like the 2X payout, like you said. You know, sure, the thought of winning a million dollars is great, but when the whole prize pool – is three million and one million goes to first, you know, kind of loses its appeal. So, kind of in the same boat there. Derek, thoughts on that? Yeah, love uh, hitting on the payout structure. Definitely download the RG extension if you don't have it uh, for FanDuel and DraftKings. That'll show you that pretty easily. But uh, for me, I'm looking for single entry tournaments. I usually only do one main lineup uh, on each site. So, I like single entry tournaments uh, that typically have less than 500 people in it. There you go. Now, this is a good question, and we love all our listeners. You know, we love doing this podcast each and every week, but he wants to know how many sources, podcasts, touts, whatever, are too many to listen to for the average player. Derek, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really good question because uh, there's a point where you have content overload and it all just becomes white noise, and then you kind of end up just uh, going with whatever the last podcast you listen to for the week. So, I think it's going to change based on uh, what you do. Personally, I have them on in the background pretty much all week. But uh, I would just pick your favorite, you know, two or three sources uh, that you're going to listen to again, either on Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, and then go from there. Yeah, I agree. You know, find the people you trust the most and value that information. You know, hopefully it's us, but there's a lot of great information out there. And this is always an early look at the slate. So if things can change during the week, if you ever have questions for us, you can hit the comment section on the video or on the pod. You can hit us on Twitter, but we want to give you the initial look. But a lot of sources out there, Chop. So your thoughts on this, how many is too many? Yeah, that's all about the individual. But for me, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, there's a few guys that I, I read pretty much every week. I read there, you know, there's Evan Silva. John John Lee Tip and Pick is another good one. Just Derek has a good uh, initial article to start off. There's good articles out there that are fun to read every week. I think they're good. But then there are weeks when I'm just kind of like crunch for time and I don't read anything because I don't think it's mandatory or necessary. Once you get, Especially once you get to this part in the season, you should have a pretty good grasp on players anyway. So if you, if you got to skip them, it's not a big deal. But, yeah, definitely – don't go the other route. It's, it's, it's better to have not enough articles or podcasts in your, uh, you know, bookmarks rather than have too many and go overload. That's never good. And, and for me, and this goes way back to the beginning, is I always wanted to get my initial thoughts and things down before I started listening to anything else. You know, get your view on the slate, your ideas, guys you like, and then maybe start integrating some things and seeing, you know, do they agree, do they disagree? But at the end of the day, no matter what you listen to, no matter what you read, you have to build that roster. So trust your own instinct. Let's go to the next question from Mike. He says, how's your overall thought process towards daily fantasy sports changed as when you first got started? You know, we've been playing a long time, guys. we got about 30 years of experience here. So how have things changed since the beginning and to now? Just things you think about, roster construction, tournaments versus cash games, anything you can give here, Mike. Uh, to help them help them get in the right direction here, Chop. Yeah, I mean, you just got to find what you're good at. That's all. Like, uh, I've been I've been through the ups and the downs, and you know, for a while there was a lot of there was a lot of slumping, and I and I and you know it was 
when all the pop, you know, became a very popular thing here, the DFS thing several years ago. And, uh, and I realized I just wasn't playing the same games. Like I had a lot of success early on and it was because there were, the tournaments were smaller, a higher buy-in, you know, just less people to compete with. And, uh, people were putting in, you know, maximum, maybe 10 or 20 entries. The multi-entry wasn't there like it is today. Then when that changed and people could enter 150 and all of a sudden it became a 100,000-person tournament, man, you know, I failed miserably for a couple of years because I was chasing that. Then I realized, you know, no, I got to get back to what I, what, what I do better. And I still, I still play the stupid millionaire maker all the time. But <laughs> the point is, I'm not good at it. What I was good at is, you know, like Derek said, single entry, 500 or less people. You know, my lineup against, you know, only one lineup or three max entry. That's – you find what you're good at. That's what I was good at. You got to find what you're good – maybe it's cash games for you. Maybe it is 150 lineups. Eric Crane is a 150 lineup guy. He does it very well. Find what you're good at and go for it. Yeah, I think the biggest change for me was, was the integration of basically game theory. I mean, it was always there, but, you know, it got a lot more – difficult when we started bringing in ownership percentages, you know, projections you know, and models and things like that. So I think that was the biggest change. You know, I, I agree with Chop. A lot of success early on. I, I prefer the smaller fields, prefer the higher buy-ins, prefer the single entry stuff, but I couldn't agree more. Find what you're good at. We have tools that can help you with that over at Roto-Grinders, whether it's cash games, tournaments, 50-50s, and run with it. We all want to win a million dollars. It's very difficult to do. Derek, thoughts here just from the change, from the beginning to now and how you've kind of adjusted to it. Yeah, so the first thing that came to mind for me was uh, when I first started playing, I was, how is this legal? Uh, I need to take advantage until <laughs> they, <laughs> they figure this out, until the government gets hold of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, now it's just grown and it's huge, and now there's just you know hundreds of different content sites out there. So uh, it's definitely sharper uh, than it used to be when we talk about these value running backs in play this week. Uh, a couple of years ago, they would maybe be, you know, 20% owned in tournaments this week. They're going to be massive chalk. And, you know, you're just going to have to adjust to those kind of things. I do think game theory uh, definitely comes into play more now than it ever has because uh, it's pretty easy to find the obvious and best plays of the week. Uh, every single site has them. Um, even, you know, non DFS sites will have, you know, the best, uh, you know, some of the season long sites and whatever will have the best plays out there. So, yeah, definitely more information and which is good because it makes, uh, you know, your research time. You can cut that down a little bit, but uh, it is harder to win. So I would focus on, uh, you know, what you do best. Download the the Roto-Grinders uh, bankroll tool. Well, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, you can upload your results to it and it'll tell you where you've had the most success uh, over you know, the last couple of years or whatever. So I would download that and then, uh, yeah, just uh, go from there. That would be results DB, I think is what we're go. talking there about. I don't know if Dan Bach tried to name that baby after himself <laughs> or what, but uh, sure means database. But Mike, great question there. And he had a follow-up question, a little, a little more lighthearted here. What holiday movie is most deserving of a remake and which one should be left the hell alone? Derek. Ooh, uh, Left Alone, I'll say Christmas Vacation because I don't think you can top it. Uh, remake, I mean, The Grinch. I'll, I'll watch any Grinch. They can make one every year. I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, the new one was – I didn't see it. The kids and the wife good. went and saw it, and they said it was pretty good. So I might have to check that out. Chop, what holiday movie should they remake and which one should they leave alone? Well, the one they should leave alone 
is Bad Santa. Don't be messing with Bad Santa, man. That's 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 a classic right there. Uh, Didn't they make a second one? They did. Well, the, the part two, but or the original, okay, yeah. And the original was so good. Don't don't ever don't ever mess with that one. But what could they do over? You know what? Yeah, Home Alone. Let's do Home Alone over again. No, leave Home Alone alone. alone I didn't. Alone. I didn't. You know, I didn't really like the Home Alone oh originally. Goodness. So oh my goodness. let's do. Let's get instead of Macaulay Culkin. Let's let's get Justin Bieber in there or something <laughs> oh like that. God, this, you are derailed. <laughs> you clearly need Chinese food, Chop, because you. Have I mean, I'm I'm smelling, guy, I'm so starving, man. This guy don't like Home Alone. He's never seen Die Hard, which is one of the best Christmas movies there is. What is going on here? You're you're a red box guy. You, you got it. It's Die Hard. I don't know. <laughs> die Hard. There we go. That could be a, a remake. I would watch some more Die Hard. All right, from Ross. This is quite an interesting dilemma here. So you got to pick one or the other. So, Chop, we'll start with you. Would you rather lock Mark Sanchez into 100% of your lineups this week or be forced to watch every snap of his career in one sitting? Oh, hell, I'll lock the guy in. for. I'll lock him in, man. I mean, how can – if at four grand, just how bad can he be? He, I'm not – I'm not watching all that other stuff. He said you're strapped to a chair, sitting directly in front of the TV, no phone, no other people to talk to as well. Oh, so, 100% yeah. lucky man. Lucky man, then I'll just go take an afternoon jog on Sunday, man. I, I don't know, I'm not I'm not watching every snap of Sanchez's career, man. I'm with you. I'll lock him in. I'll take the loss. However much money I got on the line, I'll just chalk it up and move on. But I'm not sitting there watching that. Derek? Man, I'll go the opposite route. That's uh, that's some great TV right there. The buff fumble, him eating hot dogs on the sideline. Uh, yeah, give me a six-pack of beer. I'll watch all that. You just hit on the two highlights of Mark Sanchez's entire <laughs> good, luck, good luck with those other five hours, man. Right. Oh, that would be brutal. All right, Larry Sorge wants to know, what's your setup like the last couple hours before lock? Food, drinks, computer, totally isolated. What's going on before you set those lineups, Chop? Uh, well, those last couple hours are pretty much my research. I'm starting. I'm starting to do research about two hours before the slate happens. So, I just, you know, yeah, I just start piecing every. Like, I don't even like to do anything anymore until the inactives come out, just to, just to see, you know, what obscure player may or may not. Like Deion Jones last week being active to me switches things up for Atlanta. There's there's guys like that every week, so. I don't like to really start putting lineups together till the inactives come out, but I'm in my office. I shut my door to drown out all the noise in the other rooms. Isolated, man. I've already eaten my breakfast by then. I've already gotten my beverage of choice, and I'm just kind of in my office chilling and, and do my own thing. Yeah, it's about the same for me. It's get some coffee and, and take in all the news. You know, It's really difficult to set lineups in football without taking in all the news, and I think a lot of the news, like the Deion Jones things, go under the radar. People aren't thinking about – you know, what's that affect things? They're just looking at the skill position players. And sometimes it's linemen. Sometimes it's cornerbacks. You know, there's a lot of news you can take from that. So pretty much the same. A little music, a little coffee. The kids and the wife know to leave me the hell alone for those couple hours. So they'll usually go out and do something. But generally just focus and cranking out lineups. Derek, last couple hours before lock in the Farnsworth household, what's that looking like? Yeah, a lot of caffeine, a lot of caffeine. Uh, I'm down in my office. I got the Grinders live stream up on one of my monitors and then I uh, got the Road World page up and my Twitter list up uh, on my other one. I still haven't figured out TweetDeck. Do you guys use TweetDeck? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Chop swears by that. You know I'm yeah. team old guy, so I'm, I'm still carving shit out of stone over here. Chop, so. you're going to have to give me a crash course. Uh, Dude, it's you. 
It's so, so you, you've, yeah, you, it's an essential part, man. You've got to have it, dude. I'll even send you the list we use on RG for the news. It's, it's, All right. it's good stuff. All right, do it. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, making lineups. And for whatever reason, I'm a constant tinkerer when it comes to my lineups. So right up until lock, I'm constantly looking for potential swaps. And, and whenever I make them, it never, never pans out. But that's how, that's how my brain works. So quit tinkering. It's, it's impossible not to. <laughs> I know the feeling. All right, that'll do it for the questions, guys. Great questions. You know, hopefully we, we helped you there. It's some strategy talk, uh, some Christmas movie talk. Chop, let's get the season-long update we've all been waiting for. <laughs> man, I mean, I don't, I'm speechless right now, man. I, this, this, this thing ran so long, my wife is home, and she, she's actually mad at me because I haven't eaten the Chinese food yet. <laughs> So she's in here bringing, getting my dirty dishes, and this is a behind the scenes. I wish I had a camera on this, guys, but this is this is. A, so I gotta get. Let's get to this here, man, because I'm getting I'm getting in trouble here. So all right, let's get to the Chinese. <laughs> this is you know this is crazy stuff right here. She we just flashed, she just flashed me by the way. Oh, hey, there you go. We got that going for you. Now this we is, definitely gotta get out of here. China yeah, this is maybe a of all the times, the, the one time I'm really not paying attention to. Every other time I ask her to do it is like I'm pulling teeth or something. You know, it's a it's a struggle. And now <laughs> I, I I'm really trying to concentrate on this, and that's happening. So season long, baby. I won this game. I don't know how. Three and ten. I'm uh, in second to last place now. I'm tied. For, I, we got the same worst record, but I got more points. So basically, I'm one win away from locking up the second worst record, which is good for me because then I don't have to pay the guy's entry fee and I still get Saquon next year. But the big thing I did want to hit on is where one rose dies, I guess another one springs up in its place because in this best ball I checked, didn't even, didn't even know I even had best balls on draft, but I checked and I got a team going into the third round now, man. I got a team that's actually alive, winning. It's got Mahomes, Tyreek, Antonio. Guess who else it's got on that team this week? Jalen Samuels. I, can you believe my luck here, man? I'm running good on the, on the best ball, man. At tight end over there. What do you mean you don't know you had best balls? I remember I was making fun of everybody for playing that crap in the summertime, and I actually did a couple of them with Peter and, and CSU and and Dirty Rush and some other guys, and I actually got one through here, man. Very nice. Good luck. Stop. Go get that Chinese food. Derek, any final thoughts here? We'll get out of here. Oh, no, I'm getting hungry as well. Let's get out of here. It's, it's been a long one, guys, so we appreciate you joining us. As always, we'll be back for week 15 for our head chopper. For Notorious, I am Bear Salu. Best of luck this week. We'll see you right back here next week. We'll see you guys.